thing. Now. So wars are very difficult things to predict because uh, there can be big tactical errors. You can uh, have unexpected uh, developments in terms of the weaponry that uh, one state manages to acquire. Uh, so one has to be very careful one looking for. But that doesn't mean to say you can't have uh, some observations about where the, the balance of advantage uh, is starting to shift. And I think I would say that after a period in which we've been very focused on Luhansk uh, and a very hard grind by the Russians to move forward, it's now shifting away from that uh, to, a, uh, to a situation in which many of the advantages work in Ukraine's favour, particularly because of the uh, new artillery they're getting from the West. I share your views on the difficulty in prediction, predicting what might happen here. I mean, war is inherently full of uncertainties. Uh, I think it was Martin Van Cravel who said leadership in warfare is about reducing uncertainty. Well, you can never remove all of it, as we've seen, uh, as you know, this war has gone back and forth over the last five months. But I think, and I agree with you, that we're starting to see come into focus uh, some of the Russian vulnerabilities, particularly in the great losses they've suffered in the East, their ability to really only conduct offensive operations on one front, and that the, and they've been you know, unable to quickly adapt to these deep strikes that the Ukrainians have conducted since the arrival of the HIMARS. I don't think these bode well for the long-term viability of the Russian army in Ukraine, Laurie. Oh, I agree. I think that the problem that the Russians have got is that they have a very rigid uh, command system and they haven't been able to adapt uh, to, to the new situation at all well. They knew these uh, HIMARS and so on were coming for some time, yet uh, they left their ammunition dumps uh, very exposed and have now lost a lot of them. They also now seem to have real problems with their air defences as well. Uh, in the, there've been reports of uh, Ukrainian aircraft uh, being uh, engaged in some quite significant strikes. So all all of this suggests that at some point soon uh, we're going to see some evidence on the ground uh, of Ukrainian uh, advances. Uh, and I think uh, the most likely place is is in the south in Kherson. However, uh, there's still the question of, of whether the Russians can manage sort of one last push in, in Donetsk, which the, the Ukrainians will also have to keep an eye on. Yeah, they, they, they um, as I think a British chief of intelligence has said recently, they, they're, they're running out of puff, but they remain a very dangerous foe for the Ukrainians. Um, even with all their problems in this invasion so far, the Russians have still managed to take you know, around 20% of Ukraine and they've destroyed multiple cities, killed tens of thousands of Ukrainians. They remain dangerous. But the Ukrainians are smart. They've, you know, for the majority of this war, with the exception of maybe a period in the Donbass, they have fought how they've wanted to fight. They have tried to avoid being drawn into the Russian way of war, which is this crunching, relentless, attritional fight. And what the Ukrainians have tried to do is do long-range strike, attack Russian rear areas, really corrode them both physically and morally from within. So uh, it, it enables them to be more successful in close combat. I think 
over the coming weeks and months, we'll see the Ukrainians return to this. But, you know, offensive operations are also more difficult than defensive. They'll need to do some very careful planning and rehearsals to start taking back their territory over the coming weeks and months. I think it's very tight for the Ukrainians because they really shouldn't rush into offensive operations until they're ready. I mean, they did take quite a, a beating uh, in terms of their own manpower in, in Luhansk, although they they held up the Russian advance for uh, many, many weeks. Uh, but unless they make some advances over the next few months, then it, speaking from Europe, it's going to be very difficult to sustain the level of support uh, as, as Europe takes a real economic hit uh, from uh, the, the energy crisis that's resulted from the war. So uh, the, the, the Ukrainians shouldn't push too hard and, until they're, 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 they've eroded Russian capacity more. But if they wait too long, uh, then there's going to be questions raised about why have they been given all this kit when they can't use it to liberate their territory. So I think the next couple of months for that reason are going to be absolutely critical. Yeah, I think it's a careful balancing act with time and, you know, the Ukrainians need to take back as much of their territory as possible and, you know, defeat the Russians as quickly as possible, uh, just from a moral perspective uh, for the Ukrainian people. But, you know, the president is also aware that he needs to demonstrate success to European publics so they retain support uh, into and, and beyond the winter. Uh, for the Ukrainian nation, especially for the economic aid that they'll require after this war. Uh, thanks, Laurie. I think that's about all the time we have for this I think recording. That is, but, but, uh, Great to talk to you. Good to talk to you, and hopefully I'll see you in 